By definition, an antenna is a metal whip designed to receive and transmit radio signals within a given area. It's BS in the Morning on KSLQ and Westplex 107.1. It is BS.show. I don't know why it is. Every time I play that song, I feel blue. I just feel sort of blue. Don't know why. Anyway, 616, it is BS.show. Where is Shelly? Where is Shelly? Should we call her and wake her up? She's probably back asleep. She called me earlier to wake me up. Now she probably fell back asleep. Let's see what we can find here. Da, da, da. Do me a phone thing. Do this. 314. Is her phone number? And got that. Okay, hit this. Hit this button. Do this. And man, magic. It's on the air. On the air. Simple as that. Let's find if we can track down Shelly. Two ringy dingies. You have to be really old to know what that means. I hope they still roll that in TV land. Oh, that's not going to answer. You have reached the voicemail of Shelly Barr, sales and marketing manager for KSLQ 104.5, Westplex 1071, and the co-host of BS in the Morning on 1071. Really? I am so sorry I missed your call. Or where are I'm you? I'm outgrowing somebody's business. No, you're not. Like you're I'm asleep. I'm going to do yours. Please leave her name and number, and I will get back to you as soon as I can. Or give me a little text. That works, too. Have a fabulous day, and stay healthy and safe. Peace. At the tone, please record your message. When you have finished recording, you may hang up or press 1 for more options. Uh, Miss Barr, this is uh, Sergeant Smithers from the Ottumwa, Iowa Police Department. We're still waiting to get paid on that ticket where uh, this goes back, I know, a couple of years, but uh, we got you in one of our traffic camera, speed camera things, and we clocked you at 115.8 miles an hour. Uh, we sent you that ticket, $3,600. We need to get that paid right away. Otherwise, we're going to uh, have to uh, put out a warrant for your arrest. You can call me back here at uh, 1-800-SPEED-THROUGH-IOWA. Thank you very much. Bye. Shelly still gets upset, and it is sort of upsetting. Her good friend died. Her good friend lived in Wisconsin. So she went went up several times this year when she was in her final days, and then finally she passed away, and Shelly was on the way back home and got nailed in some place in the middle of nowhere in Iowa on one of the speed cameras. Now, thankfully, at least in the St. Louis area, we don't have any speed cameras. As a matter of fact, we have... I don't even know if any red light cameras anymore. I think they pretty much got all thrown out by, by the various people. Dick Stratman, the mayor of, uh, of Washington, I think he still has a red light camera in his driveway because he loved red light, red light cameras. Um, he thought they were the best thing since indoor plumbing. Uh, but everybody else pretty much got rid of them. They're gone in St. Peter's. I'm pretty, think that, pretty sure they are. I think they're gone in the city of St. Louis. You know, and think about that for a minute. I mean, the problem with the red light cameras, I had a situation where I won't, I won't say say why I was there, but I was in court one time with Ar- in Arnold, Missouri. And it wasn't me. Believe it or not, it was one of my family members that I'm in court in Arnold, Missouri. And it was, you know, one of their, what do they call it, metro courts or, or I don't know what it is, where it's everything. You get people in there with been cited because their grass is too tall. They get cited because, you know, they, they, they chopped up their sidewalk in front of their house and didn't get a building permit. And, you know, the usual traffic fines, people going too fast. And they had, at the time, red light cameras in Arnold. And the people would go up there and plead, not guilty. You know, how do you plead? Guilty, not guilty. And they would bring up the video file. They'd say, okay, take a look at this. 
And sometimes the people, the one they kept nailing people on was there was a intersection somewhere that said no right turn, a right turn on red after stop. So in other words, you come up to an intersection and you could make a right turn, but you had to come to a stop. And the people didn't come to an absolute positive stop, stop. And they got a ticket fart with the red light camera. And it got to the point where after seeing about four or five of these videos and these people almost coming into a complete stop. I mean, like to the point where maybe they were like creeping at like maybe a half mile an hour. People in the court started to groan like, oh, because it's to the point where the judge, there was zero tolerance. If if your car didn't come to a complete stop where they could say, okay, almost like count a second off, bang. They said, guilty, pay the fine. It was like 350 bucks or something like that. I'm going, okay. I mean, you can figure out. If you know the deal on the red light cameras, the companies put the equipment in for free, and essentially the city got a... I don't know, I can't remember the percentage. I did, at one point in time, I knew that, depending upon the company. And it was negotiated with each municipality. But the city got the lion's share of the money. Let's say the ticket was 100 bucks. I think the city got 30 or 70 bucks, and the traffic light camera got 30 I may have that backwards. I can't remember. But I remember it was like a 70-30, 60-40, 80-20 split. Maybe the camera company got 80 and the city got 20. Don't know. And, God, in, in Washmo, the one intersection... And people who are in Washmo know exactly where I'm talking about. On westbound 100 at Jefferson, if you make a left, it's Highway A. If you make a right, it's Jefferson. Westbound 100, the way it was before, there was a, a uh, you know, before they put the traffic light cameras in, it said right, right, right turn yield on red. So in other words, if you came up to the intersection in the right turn lane, there was a dedicated right turn lane, and if you, you know, looked to the left and didn't see anybody coming your way, any, you know, or anybody turning from the other direction of Highway 100, so in other words, you're making a yield, which is not a stop, it's a yield. So in other words, you're looking and you're making sure if you don't see anybody, like 2 o'clock in the morning, if there's no cars around, you just drive right through, right? Well, that's the one they changed to right turn on red after stop. So everybody was used to, like, rolling through that intersection, you know, right turn yield, uh, you know, on right turn uh, yield on red. And it got to the point where I think when they first turned on that red light camera, there were, like, hundreds of tickets each day because people are used to, like, rolling the stop sign because it was a yield. You know what I mean? A yield, you're, you, can, you don't have to come to a complete stop unless there is traffic that you have to yield to. If there's traffic, cross traffic, then yes, you have to yield or you have to stop because that's what the sign's for. It's discretionary. It's discretionary. If you don't see any traffic, you can just roll the roll the you know roll the turn. If there is traffic, you have to come to complete stop. Let the traffic clear. Then when it's clear, you can make your right turn. And they just made bonzo bucks. And everybody was like, okay, this is ridiculous. And Mayor Strotman at the time was like, oh, it's saving lives. It's sa-. No, it's putting money in the city coffers. We know we know the true story. Don't tell us this BS about it. And the crazy thing about it was he came out and said, well, last year there were four accidents at the intersection. Okay? Four accidents. How many people went through that intersection, you know, during that year? Probably, you know, tens, maybe hundreds of thousands of people. You know, I mean, think, I think the ba- daily traffic count on Highway 100 right there is like 30,000, 40,000 apiece. You know, multiply that times 365, and not everybody was turning right, but let's say 10% were turning right. Let's say it was out of 100 days, there's, yeah, there's 300 and 100 days would be, would be what, move the decimal point, 365, what, 36,500 in, in, in 100 days? No, 100 days would be, if you have, if you have what did I, let's do it, let's do it, easy numbers, 40,000, uh, 40,000 cars a day, and let's say 10% of those cars uh, made a right turn on red, so there you got four thousand. So if you th- tack, tack on two more zeros to four thousand, you've got 
are you back to you are you back to forty thousand? Anyway, a lot of cars, and the amount of accidents there was like almost insignificant. It's like okay, why we even bother? But you know that's government. You know, and and he used to get so mad. You know, people would call him up and say and say, hey, you know those red, those red light cameras are saving lives. They're saving lives. It's making the world safer. We don't have Russians invading us because we had red light cameras. Obviously, he wasn't saying that. Well, maybe he was. I don't know. It was just sort of ridiculous. And I get it. It's technology and, you know, essentially what it is. You know, and, and my thing was, this is stupid, Brad, okay? My thing was that they were talking about how it left the police department, the staff on the police department, open to do more things. I guess catch more criminals and stuff like that. My situation was, hey, let's just turn this into a real situation where instead of, you know, playing, you know, like pretending we're, we're, you know, we're being safe by putting in red light cameras, create a different class of police officer, have a traffic officer and have him, you know, less pay, but put him on commission, you know, essentially put him on commission, give him a squad car, you know, essentially say, okay, here's your job. You sit at this intersection 24, you know, you've got an eight hour shift. You sit at this intersection for eight hours. Anybody rolls that that stop sign, anybody or anybody blows that red light, you give them a ticket. You turn the red lights on and chase them down, give them a ticket. That's your job. And you get percentage of that. Now, the idea being is you got a police car sitting there. You know, I mean, when the guy's not giving a ticket, you got a police car sitting there. So if there's some kind of a pursuit or somebody, you know, fleeing the scene of an accident or somebody, you know, just robbed the bank down the street and, you know, they're chasing them down down the highway, you got an extra police officer there, you know? And not, not only that, how many people are going to go flying through a traffic intersection when there's a police officer? And not only that, the word gets around that, oh, there's always a cop sitting there in 100 in Jefferson. Oh, I'm, I'm not, I'm going to be super careful because I don't want to get a ticket. You know, and they give the guy percentage, you know, say, hey, you write a $100 ticket, you get 10 bucks. You know, <laughs> I mean, hey, I'd apply for that job, you know what I mean, to the point where, and you just, you don't, you know, and they say, well, all the police, hey, you know, you have, you have various grades and all sorts of things. If you're in construction, you have apprentices, you have, you have, what, what, what do they call it? Uh, there's apprentice, and then the next step up is is journeyman, and then you have master. So like if it was, he was plumber, you have apprentice plumber, a journeyman plumber, and a master plumber. You just get the police officer. He's a apprentice police officer. You know, he's not a full bore police officer. You know, he's working his way up the ladder. It's an entry. So in other words, you start him out at low pay and you give him 10 bucks a ticket. Say, okay, knock yourself out. Write those tickets. Now, the, the only thing was that he could be writing tickets, you know, crazy, but just put him on video. You know, put a, you know, uh, camera in a squad car. Give him a, a you know, a, a body cap. So that way, you'd see exactly what he's doing. Nobody could say, wow, I didn't really run the red light. Well, here's the video. You went right through it. Bang. Here's my squad car camera. When I went up to the, your car, you called me all sorts of nasty words. You know, I said, please be quiet. Are you going to be wearing the silver handcuffs or the silver, you know, bracelets? And you're going to be in the back of my squad car? You know, that kind of stuff. Anyway, I have no idea what happened to Shelly. We'll just move on without her. It is six. Did I do this right? Okay, let me do this. It is six. 27. It is BS.show. I'm, I'm Brad Hildebrand. I'm not Shelly Barr. I don't know what happened to her. Should we call her one more time? Nah, I don't want to bother. 6.35, a uh, Thursday morning. Hard to believe it's Thursday already. Rain out there. Please be careful. We're not the biggest radio station in the world. Uh, we lose a couple people in accidents. We might, have not, might, might not have any listeners left. You know how that goes. Uh, official forecast. I heard it just a minute ago from our very talented meteorologist, but uh, 45 degrees right now, heading for a high of 53 and started rain, supposed to rain all the way through uh, probably about 1 o'clock. Matter of fact, the heaviest rain is going to be between 
probably about 9 and 11 this morning. So if you're out there driving around, you know, it hasn't really rained for a couple of days. Always the kind of thing where you get the oil and all that kind of stuff that leaks off of cars. Antifreeze gets sort of slippery, makes it uh, even worse than just regular old rain. You know the drill. Be careful uh, because... Matter of fact, the way things are going, in about 20 minutes, if Shelly doesn't show up, I'm going to be out there in the roads, so don't smash into me, okay? Uh, lots of things to talk about. Uh, Mike Gotten sent me this interesting story out of Washmo that there was a shooting in the parking lot at the Best Western Hotel. Uh, a woman killed, a man shot, but police said they'd have no other suspects. Uh, that's, that's it. That's all that. So apparently, a man and a woman shot it out in the parking lot. The woman was killed. The man was shot, but not killed he was uh, treated at the scene and taken to a hospital i mean what's that i mean a man and a woman shooting out in a parking lot at a hotel i mean come on what's going on with that uh, other stuff that's going on you know <laughs> i don't want to get political on this but it is sort of funny that they go after trump because he's got these confidential records at his place in mar-a-lago and now it comes out not one but two sets of records confidential records Joe Biden had after he left the government, after he, you know, in 2017, because he was the vice president from, you know, it's sort of weird because think about it. The elections are in odd years, but you don't take office until the, excuse me, the elections are in even years, but you don't take office until the odd years. In other words, you get elected and like, for example, the people that just went through the election cycle in 2022, back in November, they're now officially senators and representatives and things like that, you know, both on state and federal level. And they didn't start till 2023. So in other words, their term was is going to be, if it's a rep, is going to be 2023 to 2025. Okay, so uh, you have this situation where in in 2017, Biden was no longer the, the president. As of February 1st in 2017, he was no longer the vice president. And they're finding all these documents that he apparently took with him when he left the office. And people are now saying, well, hold on a minute now. Didn't you raid Trump's house in Mar-a-Lago? And I know people are going like, well, that's different. Well, to a certain extent it is. And it's not, but I'll give both of them the, the the shadow of the doubt. Have you ever moved yourself? Have you ever moved from like house to house or like maybe let's say when you you know graduated from high school, you moved to college or maybe you, you graduated from high school and you took a job somewhere and you packed up all your stuff in a car and or like if you moved from like house, to, then, then maybe you got married, we're living in an apartment and then you moved from an apartment to a house then you moved from a house to another house. There's stuff that you move that you have, you even lose track of what is it, you know, what it is. You open a bubble, ah, what is this? You know what I mean? It's like, it's, oh, it's, it's, our, it's our mortgage payments for the last 10 years. Oh, okay. Well, I guess we'll keep this. Okay, consider the amount of paperwork that's generated every single day by the president and, and vice president. I mean, and for that matter, senators, representatives, even like city council members, County council members, there's all this paperwork that's generated on a daily basis. Things you got to sign, orders you have to approve, you know, and now it makes it even, you know, we went, we've gone, quote unquote, I've lived through this thing where they said, hey, once upon a time, we're going to be in this paperless society where we won't have paper anymore. Everything will just be on computers and we won't. Yeah, I think the problem with that is now we have printers that crank out like what? 50 pages a minute and you hit print and the thing just bunk, 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 spits out paper. I think the paper thing has gotten worse. And in a lot of instances, their government uh, uh, you know, requests that anything in email has to be printed out and stored in a printed form. So, you know, you got people grinding out emails left and right. You have to print all that stuff out. Anyway, long story made short, how does a guy like Trump or Biden 
when he lose, uh, leaves office, how does he know what they're really taking with him? They, they pack boxes and boxes and boxes and boxes of stuff. How do you know what's in all those boxes? Once again, I give both of them. I give Trump and Biden the pass on this because how do they know what they've got? But the problem is when you go after one guy, Trump, and you don't go after the other guy, Biden, it's like, okay, now hold on a minute now. How come Trump's on all this trouble because he's got this confidential material? But now Biden has it. He took it from the White House. And, well, that's okay. Joe's president. Hey, hey, you know, he didn't mean harm. You know, no, no, no harm, no foul. He's a good guy. You know, it's, it's lunchbox Joe. But that Trump guy, he's a terrible person. We're just going to nail him to the cross. See what I'm saying? Well, I have no idea what happened to uh, Shelly. One more break here if she doesn't show up. I got work to do. And I've told her when we started this extravaganza, what, three and a half years ago, I don't do the show by myself. I hate to be on the air by myself. I've been in this radio business too long to just sit here and yak. I need someone smart, someone fun, someone articulate, someone glib to help me through the morning, and that's Shelly. And if she's not here, I'm screwed. That's all there's to it because I just suck by myself. That's all there's to it. How's that for being honest? It is. Hold on a minute. My computer's not going to work, right? Hold on. Uh, no, I don't want to. You know, hold on. I want to do right here. No, I want to go right here. I want to do this. Yes, I want to do that. And I want to hit this, and stuff's going to start. 641. Westplex 1071. You are listening to Westplex 1071, and this is BS.show. I am Brad. He is Shelly. And together we make BS. And Brad will be back in a second. No, I'm just Until gonna let you, I'm you're like, stuck with me. I'm just gonna let you do the whole show by yourself. No. <laughs> why? Why is it okay that let me do the whole show by myself? You know, rem- remember our ground, ground rules. How long did you bug me to do this show? I go. Oh, I don't want to do a show. A couple anymore. years. Right. And finally, I said one ground rule. I don't do it by myself. Remember that? Mm, it's a little fuzzy. <laughs> yeah. Right. Because I suck when I'm in the air by myself. All there is you to do it. not. You've been uh, doing it since you came out of the womb. How yeah, can you well, say that? That doesn't mean I'm any good at it. You know, I can well, say of I suck. It does. No, it doesn't. You know, there's people been there. You know, like oh, Joe Biden's been giving speeches since he came out of the womb, and is he any good at giving speeches? No, he sucks. Right? <laughs> he can't put two words together anymore. You know. Exactly. Anyway. <laughs> That's why I don't want to do you it. You don't anymore. have that issue. Ah oh, man. You know, there's. <laughs> Here we go again. The Republicans are in charge in, in, in the House, and everything's like, remember I talk about the pendulum swings, and it swings one way and it swings back the other way. It's like, okay, can't we just be in the middle? Can't we just all, you know, be like Get sort along? of- along? No, no, we can't, can't evidently. Well, it's like to the point where, where, okay, I said this one time in the air and you got upset about it. Let me give you the definition between a uh, the difference between a Republican and a Democrat, okay? Here's the difference between a Republican and a Democrat. A Republican wants no abortion, uh no abortions and less taxes. And a Democrat wants more abortion and more taxes. That's the difference. <laughs> Figure out which side you're on and you go, "Well, I guess I'm a Republican." Uh, because there's like doesn't seem to be any gray area, you know? I mean, it's to the point where like and and not only that, it's to the point where, myself included, I I think that I'm a I'm a libertarian. Quite honestly, I mean, you know, I mean, too many different things. And people say, well, "Do you, you think that you are, or are you?" Well, no. I mean, but here's the problem: when you say you're a libertarian, people think, "Oh, you're not for any laws." No, a libertarian believes there should be laws. There should be laws that you, you know, in the United States, you drive on the right side of the road. 
You just don't pick out a side and say, well, today I'm going to drive on the left side. No, that's wrong. Libertarians believe that murder is wrong. Libertarians believe that, that you know, rape and armed robbery and things like that are wrong. But by the same token, libertarians don't think that if you don't cut your grass every two weeks, the city can come and give you a ticket and throw you in jail. <laughs> that's what a libertarian thinks. Libertarians like, okay, if you want to grow your grass tall, have your house look like crap, knock yourself out. We don't care. You know, your next door neighbor could have his lawn manicured. Yours looks like hell. Eh, that's your own choice. You know, that's a libertarian, you know, and and too many laws. And it's to the point where, you, like, every day you read these goofy laws that keep grinding out. You know, now the new thing, do you know what the new thing in the city is? I do not. The new thing in the city is there's this little thing that guys are making on, matter of fact, this has gotten to be big in the last week. There's this little thing that guys are making on their 3D printers and apparently they're being made in China, but they're also being made in the United States. And what it does is it's, it's, it's sort of weird. It's this little tiny block of plastic that has a little prong that sticks out of it. And when you take this little thing and you stick it on the back of your Glock pistol, it turns it into a fully automatic pistol. Okay? So here, you know, I mean, it's a little tiny. It's like a little black cube with like a little prong that sticks out of it. And there's something on the back of your Glock. And it doesn't work on all the Glocks, but it works on like the common ones, like the 19s and the 17s and stuff like that. And you pry this little piece out of the back of the slide on the Glock. And you just push this thing into the back of the slide of the Glock. And all of a sudden, you got a fully automatic machine gun. Okay? Now they're jumping up. Oh, my God, this is terrible, terrible, terrible. Well... You know, there's only like a handful of times it's ever been used. And not only that, here's the interesting thing about it. If you've ever gone to, I've done this one time before, I shot a fully automatic uh, machine gun down in Florida, down in Orlando, years ago with my son. Okay, when you fire a fully automatic weapon, it is extremely hard to control. I mean, it is not, you see these guys in the movies, it's very, very, very hard because you have this thing called muzzle rise. You know what muzzle rise is? I do not. Okay, as you fire the weapon, like if you fire a single shot, the muzzle of the gun bounces up as part of the recoil. It's just, you know, basic physics, action, reaction. Action, the bullet goes out the front of the, you know, the, 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 the barrel, and, and reaction is there's a recoil, and typically the recoil is the way you hold the gun with your hand is the recoil is the gun, the muzzle of the gun goes up in the air. And depending upon what kind of gun, the bigger, you know, the bigger the cartridge, the more recoil, the more more you have muzzle rise. Well, that's what happens with an automatic weapon. And you can't, it's very difficult to control. The first couple rounds, you may, you know, go off where you point them. But then from that point, the, you know, they, they just go all over the place. It's called, you know, they call it spray and pray. You know, you, you, you know you're not very accurate. Now, they've, in some of the military... They've limited the automatic weapons to what they call three-round burst. So in other words, you can't just pull the trigger and the thing will just go, you know, it'll fire three rounds, but then you have to reset the trigger and fire another three rounds. It's highly inaccurate. So the whole deal about, you know, it's machine gun is like, oh, a machine gun kills her. No, not necessarily. And the, the downside to it is, especially in an urban environment, if you have muzzle rise, guess what happens to some of those bullets? The first couple bullets may, you know, go off parallel to the ground, you know, horizontally, but as you keep firing the weapon, especially someone who's never done it before, the muzzle comes up and guess where those bullets go? In the air. <laughs> you know, and then they come down someplace. Hopefully not in somebody's house or somebody's car or tragically sometimes they come down in someone else's body. 
You know, and it's like, okay, this is the big deal. And there's, there's been all sorts of news about it. If you get caught one of these, mandatory 30 years in jail. Mandatory 30 years in jail. Little tiny piece of plastic you buy on eBay. I don't know if you can buy them on eBay. They're on the dark web. I don't know where they're at, but you can buy them. You know how it is. There's certain things that you can buy that if, you know, if you talk to the right person, hey, can I got a smoke shifter? Yeah, I got a smoke shifter. I heard they're, they're not legal. Oh, yeah, smoke shifters are illegal. Just like left-handed monkey wrenches. You ever had a left-handed monkey wrench? Did Shelly fall asleep on me? No. <laughs> I fidget, Brad, so I turn my microphone off and Did... I talk to you. You just don't hear me. <laughs> oh, well, no wonder I don't hear you because your microphone's turned off. Do you ever, yeah, you ever I ha- do that because I fidget. Your husband's lot got lots of tools. Does he have a left-handed monkey wrench? No, no, he would need one. I never needed one because I've always been right-handed. Right. But he would need one because he is left-handed, Well, as is my babes. Can I tell you a secret? What? There's no such such thing as a left-handed monkey wrench. Oh, I didn't know that. <laughs> I knew that, Brad. Well, so your husband doesn't have a left-handed monkey wrench. No, he doesn't. Well, but that's one of the things that it's to the point where, like, I remember, you know, like when Boy Scouts, when you had the newbie come in, you know, the new Boy Scout, you you know, you'd sitting around the campfire, and and the 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 smoke would you know blow your way, and one of the the other uh, senior Boy Scouts would say, hey. You, newbie, go get the smoke shifter. And you go, the smoke shifter? Yeah, I got the smoke shifter. Smoke shifter is this thing. That, as a matter of fact, it's third tent on the left. Go pick up. It's uh, The guy's got it. Go, go ask him. He's got the smoke shifter. So you'd go, you know, go to third tent. Hey, do you have a smoke shifter? No, it's uh, uh, two more tents down on the right. It's like snipe hunting. You know what snipe hunting is? I do. <laughs> I've, been on, I've been sent on snipe hunting before. With who? Who did that to you? CFA. Really, boy. Mike Padres boy, with CFA. Did you see my video of me going out to the airport yesterday? Yes, I did. Oh, my God. That was so weird. And you know what? It brought back uncomfortable memories of 9-11. Yeah. I mean, I remember going to the airport, like, you know, I guess the air traffic system, You you were were you working then or were you, or were you not working anymore when 9-11 happened? No, I was working there. I just had the day off. Okay. How Do you remember how many days the air traffic uh, system was shut down. How many days all the planes were grounded? Wasn't it like four or five? Two. No, it was two. It was two. Are you well, sure? Sh- are you sure of that? I thought it was. I know it was two for sure. I just don't know. I how thought much it was more. four, four or five. Here, hold, let's let's do the old Google search here. Um, it felt like that because I remember going to the airport on September twelfth, two thousand and one, and it was eerily silent. I mean, you know, because normally you hear. If their planes aren't taking off or landing, you hear some of the jets that you know revving up there, starting up their engines, or are they you know they're they're idling at the gate, you know, or you know what I mean. You hear noises. The airport's yes. airport's not a quiet place, right? It's no. You worked out on the runways. You know how noisy it gets out there, right? Yes. And all of a sudden, it's like dead quiet at the airport. It's like when they close down a highway, you know, to like do a bridge re- a removal or something like that. If you live in the neighborhood, it's like okay. It's quiet because you get used to that ambient noise level of like living near an interstate or something like that. Like for me, it's like I've told the story before, me getting up early on Christmas morning. Like I don't know how many times I've done this. Matter of fact, I've I've done it four or five times coming back from Florida. I'd go visit my son and I'd drive back on Christmas morning and I would leave at like five o'clock in the morning. And you go outside and it's just absolutely positively quiet. 
The one time, the most recent time I did it, when I drove back, I left Pensacola about 5.20 in the morning, and I'm on Interstate 10 headed west from Pensacola to Mobile. And there was a spot. This is Interstate 10, one of the you know most traveled interstates because all the east-west interstates, and the, you know not as much as the north-south, except for 95 on the east coast, but you know 40, 10, 70, 80, uh, 90, all those interstates, the you know the cross-country ones that are east and west, all of them have tremendous amounts of traffic on it. I'm on Interstate 10, Christmas morning, 5:45 in the morning between Pensacola and Mobile. Look in front of me, review mirror. Looking back at me, you know, look, you know, no matter where I'm at, look at the oncoming traffic. I'm the only guy for like four miles because down there it's real flat. You know, when you're down in Pensacola, that area down there between, because you're right down the Gulf Coast, so you're like, you know, flatlands between Mobile and and Pensacola. Aren't too many hills, and it's just sort of weird because when is it ever like that? Never, except for Christmas morning. Okay. <laughs> I'm like, and your point is? Well, you know, Shelly, I don't want to dominate the conversation. I want you to have a tremendous amount of contribution to our morning show. Uh-huh. So that's why I'm going to let you do the next hour by yourself. That's not happening. <laughs> why not? Hold on a minute. I got to open my, one of my new favorite things. I've loved Diet Cherry Pepsi for a long time. I got it in cans now. Oh, it's good. Um, you want to know who's got some delicious cherry cola is Sugar Fire. They have it made specially for them, and it is just positively delicious. You know, I we don't talk enough about Sugar Fire because they spend so much money on this radio station advertising their, their restaurants. I mean, we should we should take them out, you know, like out for golfing like once a week because they are such they're our biggest. And, you know, if we have clients you in this know, radio I station. I really should have not even mentioned that. We have clients in this radio station that spend $100,000 a year with us. Sugar Fire times 10. Million dollars a year on this radio station, Sugar Fire. They are like the biggest. I mean, if it wasn't for Sugar Fire, we'd be off the air. I mean, we'd just, we, we'd just you know, we'd okay, be. Okay, that's enough. We'd be working the drive through at McDonald's. You want fries with that, sir? You know, that's what you and I would be. Shelly would be, be working one window. She'd be working window one. I'd be working window two. You know, hey, that lady at window one got my order wrong. Well, there's no way. That's Shelly Barr. She never makes an order wrong. Okay, you're right. I'm wrong. She's right. That's how it would be, right? Exactly. 6.59. It is BS.show. Shelly, is this our happy talk segment? Is this where we do the happy talk right here? Happy talk, 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 talk about things we like to do. Is this it right now? <laughs> no, it's not right now. Oh, okay. When's the happy talk segment? Um, <laughs> are these tough questions this morning for you? They <laughs> are tough questions. <laughs> I have to think about them. Yesterday, we had a meeting with one of our clients. Brian Siva King at Detail Seat 360. Okay. Wow. Was, what a sharp man. Was that fascinating or what? Oh my God. <laughs> that 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 man is Well, first off, they're building they're building a new place out there in St. Peter's. And they secondly, are. well, they're renovating the one they have. Right, yes. right, right. Well, no, they they bought that building and they're and they're yeah. they're changing it all around. Okay. Yeah. I mean they're not yeah, I mean, they're not building it, but yeah, you're exactly right. I'm I misspoke. They're renovating I'm sorry, building. What is it? I misspoke, which I do all the time, about forty two times. What was the statement before that? I screwed up. I'm wrong. No, that you I'm didn't dumb. say that. I'm That's stupid. Not what you said. I've said Shelly, you're always right and Brad's always wrong. That's what I said. Well, 
Remember the That's words. Better. That's closer. To <laughs> remember the words of the immortal words of Charlton Heston when he was asked right here in St. Louis, Mr. Heston, you've been married for over fifty years. How do you uh, explain such a long-lasting marriage? And he says three words. Honey, you're right. <laughs> I'll never forget that. I thought to myself. <laughs> but see, nowadays... And that served you well over the years. Well, nowadays... Wow, man. We won't go there. Okay. Anyway, so we met with Brian Siva King of Detail 360. Yeah. And we recorded We recorded a mini pod. And if you don't know what that is, you need to listen to our other station, Podcaster, P-O-D-C-A-S-T-R-R, Podcaster.com. You can listen to it at Podcaster.fm. Okay? So he's like a marketing genius. Yes, he is. And he's a perfect example of what you and I talk about all the time. That You get certain businesses, well, I'm the best HVAC guy. I'm the best lawn care guy. I'm the best plumber. But yet, they think everybody knows that because guess what? They don't tell anybody. They just, maybe they are the best plumber, the best HVAC guy, whatever. But yet, they don't tell it. They don't market it. They don't advertise it. And their business doesn't do so great. He's kicking butt. I mean, and because. Yes, he is. And, and he always has, really. Well, no matter where he was, you know, home at. He's going to. They've he, always done a fabulous job. They're the ones that do my cars. Well, I mean, but, but they're kicking butt marketing. Yes. Oh, yes, they are. Oh, yeah, they're, yeah, yeah, yeah. They're oh. right on top of it. Right. Okay. They do your cars. Your cars, I mean, Shelly's cars always look great. Not as good as mine. My cars are so clean, you can eat off the floor mats in my car. <laughs> uh-huh. You take your COVID shot first. <laughs> yeah. Your tetanus you, you spray everything down with bleach first, right? <laughs> and you kill all the mold and stuff like that. Okay. So, he does not. <laughs> so, okay. Can I, so, and, and once again... I'm one, we're not going to go into this because I have been a small business person the better part of my life, okay? And we won't tell what city he's in. You can probably figure it out. But this is so frustrating for small business people because government, on so many levels, you get these most you know cities, counties, states, oh, we're very pro-business. Until you try to do something, then, okay, see this form? Fill it out in triplicate. You have to write upside down and in green ink on the first page, on red ink on the second page, and on chartreuse ink on the third page. Then you have to lick it in the corner, and you have to drag it down the main street at 3 o'clock in the morning, and then be here at 7 o'clock in the morning, and we'll stamp it, and then two months from now we'll give you a permit. You know, it's like, what? You know, it's See, like, now, when we, hit, when we were dealing with another city, we didn't have that problem. We all met together. You know, this person is in charge of this person. This person is in charge of that. This person is in charge of that. And then yeah, we but, all, you know, it was like a collaboration. Yeah, but we never went. We 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 kicked the tires in that deal, and it never went anywhere. I got a feeling if if we, you know, here here's the deal on that deal. And I won't, won't mention what city it was. You and me as small business people, it looked like it was going to go smoothly, but it, it ultimately wouldn't have been. But if I were... You know, uh, what's the dude? If I were Elon Musk deciding I was going to put a new plant in, you know, that particular city, or if I were Jeff Bezos deciding I'm going to build warehouse number 15 in that particular city, they would be shining my shoes, taking me out to lunch, picking me up in, you know, in a limousine, you know, making sure that uh, I had uh, enough six packs of Diet Pepsi in my, you know, uh, at my disposal. You know, I mean, that's what they'd be doing because. That's where the money's at. You know, you sat in the meeting with me. We won't mention what city it is, but we sat in that meeting where the guy laughed at us because, oh, you guys are just a small radio station. 
he did not laugh at he us. He laughed at us. I've got I've got the recording. I still have the recording of him laughing at us. Was it like this? No, no, no. Wait, remember, remember, we asked him, you know, this here, I got the recording. Is this it? No, here, I got the recording. We asked <laughs> No, that wasn't it. We asked him, we said, um, we would like to come into your city and do business. Is that possible? And he said, no, 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 no. Don't let, let him go. And, and then we said, you know what? We think we can add a lot to the city. We think we can really do some good things and help promote events in the city and broadcast live from the city. And we'd like to, is there a way for us to fill out an application for permit? And no, he said, no, 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 no. Don't let, let him go. That's what he said. And then, <laughs> and and then and then and then and then I said I said to Shelly I said Shelly, do you think that the guys at Sugar Fire will ever advertise on our station? Oh, Shelly and Shelly said, let it go, no, no, man. No, no. And Shelly said, no, 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 no. That's what she said. <laughs> Have you lost the last three brain cells, or do you just have cabbage for brains? I got all kerfuffed. I kept it up. I was straight. You were supposed no, no, to no, no, no. erase that. <laughs> no, that was the good one. You said no, what? it wasn't. That's the bad one. Kerfuffed. What's wrong with that? It was kerfuffled. Brad? What? What? No. What? 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 Kerfuffled is the one they keep. What's wrong? What's the difference between a kerf kerfuffed and kerfuffled? What do you think? A couple more, a couple more letters. Yeah, that's. I want the ones with more letters. Well, you know what? You, what you want me to do that? You know what my answer is? No, no, what? no, 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 no! Don't. Your answer is always that. In every instance. No, it's not. Yes, it is. <laughs> no, it's not. Okay, so has this been our happy talk segment? Happy it talk, has. talk, 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 talk. Okay. Talk, 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 can talk, I talk, 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 can talk, I talk, talk about something which happy. is not necessarily shark 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 I'm sorry what this is not necessarily happy talk actually this is a very sad story but I find it fascinating so why are you saying no 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 because I no 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 let me do that again no 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 and what it, did you go through that iteration for? I don't know. Just felt good. Okay. Remember, like the like a couple weeks after the initial murders of these poor four these these college kids at Idaho, you know, the University in Idaho, who were yes. you know murdered in their sleep, are you know terrible situation for them. Okay. Remember how everybody was criticizing? Well, the police department's not doing anything. The FBI not FBI's not doing anything. They were doing all this stuff behind the scenes. Okay. All this stuff behind the scenes. Now it comes out. If you've read, if you've read the probable cause statement, and I've read most of it, not all of it, it's 19 pages long. And you look at this, you think, man, these guys—they're knocking it down. I mean, these guys are—you I mean, know—guys and gals, FBI, state police in Idaho, state police in Washington, you know, uh, police, the uh, police in in Pennsylvania, because that's where they ended up arresting them. The whole bit—it's truly impressive, and all the DNA stuff. Another case came out, and I saw this yesterday, and I thought to myself, holy cow, this is like really, 
you know, sort of like the stuff that you see these TV shows made out of. This guy, almost 20 years after he murdered a woman, they arrested him earlier this DNA. week. DNA? Yes, DNA. Um, and actually, this is a very sad case. Back in 2004, 2004, almost 20 years ago, a headless, limbless corpse of a woman was discovered um, on that um, rest stop on I-70 between Wright City and Warrington. If you've ever driven that stretch, people know exactly. Is what that I'm where about. she was found? Yes, she was found in she was found um, sort of down a ravine in that in that rest stop there. Apparently, somebody was walking their dog, and they think this is where it gets even more bizarre. They think they discovered the body less than 24 hours after she was murdered, and they think it might even be less than that because they said you know due to the shape the body was in and you know how things happen as as you know, as you leave a body for a while. Uh, they said that they think it was within 24 hours. Could have been as as sh- short as 6 to 12 hours after she was murdered. Wow. Well, since she had, they could not identify her. And finally, in 20, I think it was in 2016, they identified her as a woman from Alton, Illinois. Her name was, uh, where is that? Uh, I can't find her name right now. Uh, anyway... They've been working this case. Yes, her name was Howland. Last name was Howland. Her name was uh, Denise D. Howland. Or no, Deanna. Deanna D. Howland. And uh, they identified her in 2016. So 12 years after she was murdered, they identified who she was. With all this DNA evidence they recovered at the scene, way back when, they showed up at this guy's house in Maryland Heights to arrest him. And he confessed the other day. 18 years later, 18 years later, I mean, isn't that incredible? It's called karma. Well, but isn't that incredible that... It's called karma. Well, you know, sometimes you think that things fall between the cracks, um, you know, at police departments I mean, and things like that. For all you know, this man could have been grieving this this whole time, and this was a relief to him. Well, I mean, you know, he needs to be, in my opinion, needs to be put to death, but that's a whole other story. Um, matter of fact... Uh, he, at the time, he says they're pretty sure he had, uh, as a matter of fact, he killed the woman at his house in the 3500 block of Dixie Drive in St. Anne before dismembering her and abandoning parts of her body, and he, and he put parts of her body in both St. Louis County and Warren County. Nice guy. Ew. Case was investigated by the Major Case Squad of Greater St. Louis. Representatives of the Major Case Squad declined to answer questions about the case Wednesday afternoon, but said more information will be released in a 3 p.m. press conference today. So that's why it's still sort of a news item. The guy's name is, um, was it? Last name is Clardy. C L I. Mike A. Clardy. He's sixty-three, and um, Clardy was has he has no criminal convictions listed in Missouri court records. He lives in the twenty-three hundred block of Charlemagne Drive in Maryland Heights. Bail set at a million dollars cash only. Holland's torso was found down a small hill in a remote part of the rest stop in a picnic area uh, because remains had not decomposed. Please believe at the time she had not been dead for long, perhaps only hours. When she was discovered, she was wearing only a black bra. Her identity was now known for more than 12 years. Among the only early clues were scars from an appendectomy and a cesarean section. The remains were finally identified using DNA samples from Holland's family in 2016. Holland was a 35-year-old Alton resident and mother of four who struggled with drug addiction. Her daughter, Ashley Kinnear, told the Post-Dispatch in 2016. So they arrested this guy 18 years later, and apparently they show up at his house. Knock, knock, knock. Hey, I want to talk to you about this murder. And they sit him down, and he confesses the whole thing. I'm going like, holy cow. And yeah, that was a man that wanted to release his conscience. But 
you got to hand it to the police departments, and there are obviously multiple police departments involved in this. You know, probably Warren County Sheriff's Department. Um, I don't know. I don't. The State Highway Patrol doesn't usually get involved in things like this, but you know, apparently the Major's Case Squad, which is a, you know a conglomeration of detectives from all over the St. Louis metro area. You know, it's a bunch of different guys from a bunch of different departments work these cases, and you go like, how in the world did they put all the pieces of the puzzle together? And don't you stand back and go like. Wow, that's impressive. You know what I'm saying? I do that anyway with them. I mean, it's to the point where, and if you ever watch any of these crime shows, my favorite all-time crime show was... Uh, McMillan and Wife? No, not McMillan and Wife. MacGyver? No, MacGyver Columbo? wasn't. No, not, I didn't like any of those. The you one, didn't like Columbo? I hated Columbo. I thought it was stupid. Dude, what about Telly Savalas? Hey, what's the famous line for Columbo? Oh, one more question, sir. Remember that was you know that's what he always yeah. do. That yeah. was the Sorry thing. <laughs> right, right. What about what about Telly Savalas? Stupid. It. Who loves you, baby? <laughs> Stupid with his chrome dome. <laughs> matter of fact, matter of fact, and his lollipops. Matter of fact, the, the the if you remember, Kojak. <laughs> see, this is nerddom. He had that little tiny police light he stick on he stick on on the type yep, of his car was, with a magnet his, uh, window believe it or not that got to be a hot item that was made by federal signal company and it was called a fireball and remember the cbers used to call a policeman running radar remember they called him a kojak with a kodak remember that yeah <laughs> there's a yes, kojak there's a kojak with a kodak <laughs> anyway where was i going with this i have no idea nobody knows what i Ideas go with this. I oh, my favorite my favorite crime show, the best show on television, and it's on TV is Bosch. That you sure it's not Chips. No, it's not <laughs> Chips. Did you know? You know the story behind Chips that they hated each other. Did you know that? It, There's a lot of people that worked in, you know, <laughs> side by side in right. the uh, they hated each other TV show industry that despised each other right 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 you know but you never know it on screen but see the, right like do, susan st james do, and rock hudson do you know, you know i read hated this, each other it's funny you should mention that i read this the other day this is one of these trivia things they talked about they talked about the one thing that was a glaring problem in chips was that they were a team of motorcycle California Highway Patrol? That's why they called them Chips. Yes. California Highway Patrol. They're mo- they're motor officers, okay? And yes. they and they were on their Kawasaki Police One Thousands. Am I a nerd or what? Okay. So the one glaring mistake in the whole series is that in California, the Highway Patrolmen do not patrol in pairs. You know the the the, the motor officers, the motorcycle guys, do not patrol in pairs. Did you know? Did you know that? I did not. Now, did you know the premise of the story of why they were in pairs? And supposedly this was mentioned in one episode near the the beginning of the series. And it's so funny. It's like, yeah, right. The reason they patrolled in pairs is that Ponch got himself in trouble with the California Highway Patrol. And they put him on really? Pro- that, well, no, this is what the story was. Oh, okay. this, this is right. The reason why they were patrolling in pairs is that Ponch, uh, Poncharella, whatever his name was, Frank, yeah, was right. it Frank Poncharella? I think that was his name. He got in trouble and he was put on on suspension and and essentially he was put on administrative suspension and he had to ride with another officer 
and that was why they were put together. That the reason he they were together is he was under direct supervision of um, what's the guy's the real name was like Wilcox Larry Wilcox I think is his real name, um, and I can't remember what his name was in the in the in the chips. But that was the reason they patrol together because people say, well, the California Highway Patrol they don't have two cops going down a highway together like that, and they didn't. But that was the reason that he was on so he was on su- suspension or or what what administrative. A, you know, oversight or something like that for what four seasons you know, for, yeah, for four years the guy's on administrative suspension wherever the hell it is i mean look i think it's larry wilcox now what's interesting is uh, um let me find this there's all sorts of interesting things about the california high patrol and the um, my stupid phone it drives me nuts i have to put my passcode in and you if you put it in too fast it rejects it okay let me look every up. time <laughs> Well, I I can't do happy talk like you can. I mean, you know, you're the king of happy talk. Happy talk. Um, I'm a queen. Yeah, Larry Wilcox. Larry D. Will, American actor. He is uh, 1977 to 1983. So it ran for 77, 78. So what was that? Eight seasons? 77, 78, 79, 80, 81, 82, 83. Seven seasons. Okay, it ran for seven seasons on NBC. Uh, Did you know he was a Vietnam veteran? I didn't, but that doesn't surprise yeah, me. Yeah, Larry Wilcox. And they always show him side by side, driving down the highways. And the other interesting thing is, you know how they got all those highways shots? They were building new interstates at the time in Los Angeles, and they had a deal cut with CalDOT, or KDOT, whatever they call it, you know, the California Department of Transportation. <laughs> yes, we all know what KDOT is. Before I'm... they opened up the a new interstate, they would let them film on the interstate. So if you always noticed, the interstates were always perfect. No skid marks, no oil stains, you know, no marks or anything like nothing on the interstates. Perfect, you know, and you think like, well, I want to go to California. Those interstates are in great shape. Actually, they quite they are quite in good shape because they don't have salt and thaw and, and freeze and all that other crap that we have here that tears up the interstates. But that was the deal. Poncharello was on suspension or whatever it was. And I'm going like, yeah. And they supposedly hated each other. Now, Larry Wilcox, sort of interesting, he used to be very pop uh, public, and all of a sudden, he just disappeared. He had a website and a whole bit, and and he just like, went underground. Hold on. Uh, da, 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 da. Um, no way. The dude is creepy. They're great roads. Roads. Yeah, right. I agree. Roads here suck. We talk about. They and do. I, and I don't. They try. They try to keep them up, but. Well, it's. What and happens? they're a PETA, I'm not going to lie, but the guys that are doing the roads in our subdivision, yeah, um, who, who you keep besides making, being you keep... a real huge PETA <laughs> and blocking off both of the entrances and exits to our subdivision. Are they still working in your subdivision? They're still in there? Yes. <laughs> and they're using my the front of my house as a eagle's nest, you know, focal point. You know, I had a guy call me the other day. Uh-huh. And he says to me, he says, hey, he says this is Joe Smith. I'm construction supervisor out here in St. Charles County. We're working on highways and things like that. I said, yeah. He says, uh, we want to commend uh, one of your radio people. I go, who's that? Well, we don't know her name, but we know she lives in the subdivision. And, and uh, you know, we're, we're in there putting in new panels of concrete all the time. And she's always very friendly. I go, oh, yeah, really? Yeah, yeah. She drives by us in the morning. Uh, apparently, she gets off the air at like 8 o'clock. She drives by us, and she always waves at us. But she doesn't use all her fingers. So we just want to know if she's got like, like maybe she's got like some kind of a disease where she can't hold up all the fingers. She's got like cramps in her hand or something like that. And I go, oh, no, no. She's just waving at you. Okay. Well, we just wanted to see if she could maybe use all her fingers when she waves. 
<laughs> Shelly is not happy because they're always at what at six forty five in the morning, they're out there with they're out there with the with the jackhammers, you know, chair They are tearing up and her the street. thing that just stops once. <laughs> you know, and it just shakes the whole house. Yeah. Well, that way, that way, when you make fried chicken, you don't have to. You can just put it on the on the on the stove, and it just you know shakes and bakes itself, right? Uh huh. <laughs> I'm sorry. Thank you, Brad. <laughs> Anything for you, Shelly. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> See now, now there are people all over going like, Shelly's being mean to Brad because we just found out this great trivia thing about Larry Wilcox and 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 what's his real name. Eric Estrada, which I don't think is his real name. Hold on, what's his real name? We got to find that out. Eric Estrada. I don't think it is. That's not his name. Yeah, Poncharello? No, no, no. It's not his real name. I'm pretty sure it's not his real name. It is too his no, name. No, it's Emilio Cortez of Placo or something like that. Eric, let me look it up. Eric E-S-T-R. Eric is right there. Um. I was right. It's not his real name. It's Henry. Henry Enrique Estrada. It's close. He's 73, born in 1949. Henry Enrique Estrada. Uh, Now, did you know this? That he was actually a police officer for a while? Did you know this? I did not know that. Uh, He was in in some... Uh, Telenova, he was in some of the, with the Mexican soap operas and stuff like that. Um, Telenova. Let me read this. I will read this later. Um, daytime drama, The Bold and the Beautiful. Estrada has appeared in music video. Estrada has done a long-running series of infomercials. Estrada became appearing in Burger King TV commercials. Recent years, Eric Estrada was a contestant on second season of Spanish Univision reality, Miro Bello, whatever that is, activism. He was an international spokesperson for D.A.R.E., Estrada became a reserve police officer for the Muncie, Indiana Police Department. From there, Estrada moved to Virginia, where he was an ICAC, Internet Crimes Against Children investigator, for eight years in Bedford County, Virginia. As of July 1st, 2016, he was a reserve police officer in St. Anthony, Idaho. In the course of his duties, Estrada has been filmed patrolling on a police motorcycle. He's a real cop! At least he is now. Isn't that cool? Oh, I'm sorry. Shelly was was eating her 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 uh, sugar fire. Barbecue. No, Shelly was coughing up a lung. Sorry. Okay. It's 729. You're listening to the BS show, bs.show. Yes, that's our domain. Don't put a .com after it. It's just bs.show and it'll take you to the domain name. Isn't that weird? I'm you know, I've got domain names like that and I have somebody the other day with my one, you know, my one email address and the guy calls me up and says, "I've been trying to send you an email for a week and it won't go through." And he keeps putting a .com at the end. I go, no, it's .digital. .digital? What's that? It's a domain name. You mean it's not .com? No, it's .digital. Okay. Just like our email address is .co, not .com. How many yes, times do you have? couldn't afford the M. Right, couldn't afford the M. Okay. I saw this story the other day and I thought to myself, I don't know if this is good or bad. The Jefferson County Police Department, the Jefferson County Sheriff's Office, gets people drunk on purpose. Are you ready? Do they do some kind of testing? Yes, that's to see how long it takes for a person. No, this is an article I saw the other day. I thought to myself, sort of interesting. They got four volunteers to show up at the sheriff's headquarters in Hillsborough, Missouri, Jefferson County, to yeah. get drunk on purpose. 
and they drank steadily for two hours to give deputies a chance to practice field sobriety tests on someone who was actually intoxicated. They call it wet lab. And they say it's a common practice of police academies for decades as a necessary part of standardization of field sobriety testing. And they get a certificate. So they hire, I don't know they hire people. They get volunteers to come in that get drunk. Schnockered. Right, schnockered. And then they have them do the, the deputies practice on them as far as field sobriety. Now, what's interesting is this time one of the volunteers was, you ready for this? An attorney. Matter of fact, this guy, where's his name? Is it? Uh, is, it is that didyoublow.com? No, no, it's not. Uh, here, I'm trying to give the guy's name. Um, Kyle Weiss. No, it's not Kyle Weiss. Um, yeah, the guy's name is uh, Tim Podlowski. The defense attorney specializes in DWI cases with the Lowry Law Firm. But Podlowski chose urban chest and they got to pick what they wanted to get drunk on he chose urban chestnuts zwickle beer said he wanted to help public safety but he also welcomed the chance to be on the intoxicated end of the test he says quote i can use it to my advantage pointing to a fellow volunteer before the drinking committee he says i don't think either of us are going to be combative today so in other words he defends people for getting dwis so he volunteered because he actually wanted to go through exactly what the cops are going to go through because he's going to try to use that against the police. I'm thinking to myself, okay, why would they have him then? You know, why would they have a guy who's using the training to essentially fight the DWI arrests? It's called marketing, Brad. I don't know. I don't know what it is. I mean, you know, I guess, you know. He's using reverse marketing. Yeah, but but I don't think the police department should choose an attorney who's going to use it against them. You know what I mean? Maybe that's a good thing. Every attorney would use it against them. Well... (laughs) One of these days, I haven't told the story about me getting pulled over and me having a field sobriety test done on me, which was so funny. And once again, I never, ever, 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 ever drink and drive. Rarely do I ever drink. And matter of fact, when I say that, you know me well enough to the point where you've been around me when this has happened. People ask me if I'm an alcoholic. Yes. And because... They never, ever see me drink. If we're at like a chamber event and there's alcohol, I mean, I want to come some kind of event where there's an, there's alcohol. I never drink. Two reasons. A, I put myself through college as a police dispatcher, and I saw all the nasty crap that happened. That. Yeah, it's true. I, I don't I've told you that or not. I saw all the nasty crap that happened. And unfortunately, most of the really bad stuff happened to the victims of a DWI guy or gal if the DWI guy or gal had this horrendous accident, sometimes they'd walk out of it with like a scratch in their forehead and they'd kill three people in the other car. So, I, and there's theories about that, that when you're drunk, you you know, your body just sort of flip-flops around. And when you're not drunk, you, you stiffen up like in an accident and that ultimately causes you more bodily injuries that if you're just like a rag doll, you don't get as injured as much. Okay, that's rule number one. Rule number two, back in my flying days, one of the things we were taught... In ground school, eight hours between bottle and throttle. little cute little saying. But the idea being is you should never fly if you've had anything to drink. Anything to drink, period. There was zero tolerance. If it was like one beer, nah, eight hours. You know, you know, just like like a, a can of, well, what's, what's the... what's Truly? The, 
well, truly, what's the one that, that Limerita, you know, something like that, which is very low alcohol, or even like a glass of wine, which has, tick, you know, typically very low alcoholic content. Yeah, but there's a lot of people that get drunk off of wine. Well, they drink a lot. They drink a bottle of it. You know what I mean? I mean, try to drink a bottle of vodka and you'll be dead, you know, for the most part. Cause, you That's know, not necessarily accurate. If you, most people, if they drank a bottle of vodka, if I drank a bottle of vodka, I'd die because I've had alcohol poisoning. You know? Well, I the first time I ever got intoxicated, yeah. to this day I cannot drink rum. Oh, you got like I can't think about it. You got drunk on rum? Smell it. Yes, rum. Now I know what to get you for Christmas. A bottle of rum, right? I like the present <laughs> that you got me this Christmas. What did I get you? You got me a book. Yeah, and a, and the says, smartest woman in the world is still mad about that cuz she's the one that found it for me. Well, thank you, smartest woman in the world. It was perfect coming from him because <laughs> it's it. And for those of you called listening, a book. It's a the gag. It's called a list of people that I would most likely like to punch in the throat. Right, and the reason for that is Shelly said on her Facebook one day she was going to throat punch me, and she got suspended from Facebook because I of did. It. <laughs> For inciting violence. violence yeah. <laughs> Shelly gets thrown in and Facebook jail. you listen to us. <laughs> Can you ever think of a, of a better time for him to get throat punched as on the air? What? Ask me that question again. Nope. <laughs> ask me that question again. Give me a, nope. I'll, give, I'll give you my answer. Here's my answer. No, 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 no. And here's my other answer. No, 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 no. Don't let, let him go. That's my answers. Okay. Uh-huh. <laughs> oh, and here's my answer. What? Oh, look, we need to go to break. No, we don't. We're just, Eric Estrada is 73. Crap. Yes, that's what the smartest woman just said. Do uh, what, honey? Eric Estrada is 73, and he's not a cop anymore. That's what she said. Okay, he's no longer a cop. Okay, this to me is sad. Well, then why are you going to talk about it? It's not happy talk. After it's Clearly. After 95 years... Kimals has closed. Why didn't they just sell? Well, the restaurant keep business it open the 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 vibe and the well history. I have been at three of the Kimals location years ago. I went to a um, an event for um, somebody's retirement at the location when they were in North City on Grand, and then I went to Kimals when they were. Down and the matter of fact, we had a Christmas party. My my one year, we had a, my you know my traffic network company. I took everybody out to dinner at Kimals down in the first floor of the Metropolitan Square building, and then they moved to the 40th floor of the Metropolitan Square building. And then I guess three or four years ago, they moved out to Westport and they took over the old Deardorff and Hearts restaurant, and they they changed it around because Kimals was you know famous for its its Italian food, and they changed the menu a little bit and they called it, I think they called it Kimals Chop House. Um, and, uh, matter of fact, I just read a review in one of the newspapers, I think it was the Post-Dispatch about a month ago, that the guy went and, and reviewed it, and the steak was like $75. I think that might have been part of the problem. I don't think, you know, there aren't too many people, unless they're on an expense account, there aren't that many people on expense accounts anymore, like there used to be, who fly around the country and, you know, entertain clients. There's some of those, not as many. Yeah, like the expense account I was supposed to get? Well, like James Strong. That's what James Strong used to do. He used to fly around the world and, and wine and dine people. Anyway, they closed on Tuesday. They officially closed the restaurant. which That's is very sad. 95 years. 
95 years, sort of sad. You know, the Cusmano family. Um, I think then they're going to end up on LostTables.com. What is LostTables.com? It is a website slash Facebook page um, that mentions all of the lost food art around St. Louis. And it is so fascinating. There's a, there's a, he, uh, what is his name? Harley Hammerman. He will write something about these restaurants that close after a bazillion years, like the Danielle Hotel, which was my daddy's, and the Coal Hole, which was my daddy's. And um, he writes stories about them. Did he write stories about Spitzer, Spitzenbrunners? Who? Spitzenbrunners. I don't know what that is. That was my dad's restaurant. Stop it. <laughs> I bet you they wrote something about Aunt Mootsie's. Fritz's Fine Foods? Aunt. No, Aunt Mootsie's. That was the name of her place, Tana Mootsie's. Fritz's Fine Foods on on, on North Broadway, just south they of Grand. Prob- you know what? I will look that up. No, I don't think it's there. It was a bar. It was my great aunt's bar. That was the the... Every time, you know, if I'm down in the city, I don't care what I do. I come back out of the city. If I'm going, like, out west, I come out Broadway. You can't do that anymore. They've got Broadway shut down. You know, once again, everything. I'm sure they do. Well, they got Broadway shut down north of downtown area. Don't ask me what they're doing. It's all torn up. They tore out the overpass over I-70. Okay, what are you guys up to? Oh, we're just fixing the streets. No, you tore it down. Anyway, I come out of downtown. I take Broadway, and I go to my... I go pull up there because I had fond memories when I was a little boy. My mom used to take me there. And my favorite thing was my aunt, This she was like my great aunt, Tante Mutzi. Once again, these are all German people. Tante is the German word for aunt. And that was not a real name. I still to this day can't remember. Her last name was Fritz, but I don't remember her real first name. But everybody called her Mutzi. That was like a nickname. And she had this cool tube behind the bar and this is where, you know, back in the day when they were doing mostly long necks and things like that. And this, they had actually two of them. And they had a tube that you would put the beer bottles in where they're empty. And they would slide down into the basement. And they would go into this area. And then some, like once a day, they would hire some guy to go down there and put all the bottles in like the cases. And then when the beer guy came, you know, when they did, you know, back in the day when they recycled the bottles, unlike now where it's like you throw them in the trash, you know, back then we did recycling. Now we don't, but uh, he would put all the bottles in the crates. And then when the beer guy would come, they would, you know, exchange crates. He would give them the old crates with the empty bottles and he would get, you know, he'd get the new crates with the new bottles in them. But every once in a while, if I go downtown... I come out of uh, downtown, I come up Broadway, which is sad because they reduced it to two lanes because, you know, it just looks like Beirut with all the Jersey barriers everywhere. And I pull in a parking lot at my great aunt's bar. Fritz's Fine Foods, right there at I-70. And Fritz's Fine... Fri- <laughs> Fritz's Fine Foods, that's what it's called. They have <clears throat> Fitz's Drive-In. No, it wasn't that. I know where that... that I think that's still open. Fitz is... I, is that the one on the Rock Road? No, there's one over in Manchester. It's like been there forever, some kind of old burger place. Years ago, I did a promotion for a company there. Don't ask me what I was doing, but um, we had a promotion where, where a bunch of executives were going out in the town that night, and they started out by eating burgers in the parking lot. I can't remember the name of that place. It's over in Manchester. It's been there forever. It's like a little burger dive. You go inside, and there's like four seats in the entire place, literally four chairs in the entire place. You have to sit and, you know, you have to stand out in front, eat your burger in your car, or something like that. No drive-through, just like one of these old kind of burger places. 
Anyway, I don't think my great aunt's place is in there. But it's she, not. She but was, that's so sad. She was a character. I mean, you know, I told the story that that my dad told me the story that World War II, you know, he was heading to, to Japan to invade Japan, and then they dropped the bombs, and you know, in Hiroshima and Nagasaki, Nagasaki, and his troop ship turned around, uh, came back to the West Coast. They disembarked him in Seattle. He was in Seattle for a couple months. Um, and he essentially, I think it was on December 22nd, 1945, he boarded a train that went from Seattle. It showed up at Jefferson Barracks uh, Cemetery. At the time, there was also a barracks there as well, too. I think there's still barracks. I don't know if they use it anymore or not. But he showed up at Jefferson Barracks Christmas morning, 1945. They got off the, uh, the, the, the train. They were brought to attention. Uh, some colonel or some general, you know, essentially thanked them for their service and essentially said, you are officially retired from the U.S. Army. And they gave him either a bus ticket or a sub or a, or a, a, a streetcar ticket. My dad took a, a streetcar because he went up from South City you know, went through South City from Jefferson Barracks through the downtown area out on uh, uh, Grand where they were in, back in the old days. The streetcar went right on on uh, Broadway, got off the uh, the uh, streetcar, walked in full uniform Christmas morning. My my great aunt is there Christmas morning getting ready to serve lunch. And he walks in and he looks at my great aunt. My great aunt looks at him and says, soldier, you need a beer. That was my great aunt. <laughs> <laughs> she was a character. There aren't too many people like that anymore. And imagine that she was working. She in Christmas. sounds like um, a lot a, a lost. Oh, she was just. Breed. She was just. Yeah. And the sad part of it was, she was my grandmother's sister, and my grandmother was. Can I say this on the radio? A horrible woman. You've said that. <laughs> I have said that because the way she treated my father. I never. I mean, it's a long story. My father I feel was like that way. Well. About- how my grandma treated my mother. Yeah, it's sad when you have family members who are like mean to each other like that, you know? Yeah, family dynamics like, are... I don't have that problem because my family's perfect and, you know, my brother and sister treat me great. It's 749. You don't have a brother and sister anymore. It is BS.show. I'm Shelly. She's Brad. I fall off my chair. That's my stool. We don't... You. Where do you sit on, Shelly? I've never seen your place we broadcast from. Where do you sit on? You sit on a chair? Hold on. i got to turn you on. Go ahead. Say it again. I had you your turn. turn me on. That's what she said. Okay. Uh, <laughs> <no>. <laughs> uh, I had to. I couldn't help. Are it. you on a chair or what you on? I'm on a, a very stiff chair. That's what she said. I was just thinking today <laughs> that I needed to get a nice cushion for it. Okay. I did my homework. The name of the place on Manchester is Carl's Drive-In. You ever been there before? 9033 Manchester. And I misspoke. I said it only has four chairs. It has 10 chairs. Seats 10 people. Supposedly, it's been there for 100 years. You ever been there before? I have not. 9033 Manchester. I don't know if, what if that would be. Would that be like uh, Brentwood? Is it or... still open? Oh, yeah, yeah. Matter of fact, it says here right here, opens at 11 o'clock this morning. Here's some of the reviews. Best burger place, seats like 10 people, has been exact same for 100 years. Oh, and try the root beer. Um, freshly drafted root beer, yummy burgers and fries in this throwback diner have not changed even with new ownership. Glad to see one of our favorites is still great. Um must be. Here's a review from 2022. Yes, the burgers are good, but don't be surprised by the cranky service on the other side of the counter. I probably won't go back. No burger is worth putting up with such bad, under, 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 bad unwelcoming energy. Um, that's not a good review. Uh, here's one from 
2021, inspiration for Steak and Shake, inspiration for Shake Shack. Can I tell you a story? I shouldn't admit this. I ate at, you know, everybody tell, oh, Shake Shack, Shake Shack. Oh, my God, Shake Shack. It's so good. It's so good. It's so wonderful. Everybody loves Shake Shack. Can I tell you a weird story? Okay. Is this Shake Shack or is it The, sh- well, the Shack? No, this is, this is well, I'm talking about Carl's. And they claim that Carl's is like, you know, what what Shake Shack is trying to emulate is like. I the, don't know what Shake Shack is. Is that the shack? No, Shake Shack is this. Is this? If you got to be, you got to, you got to be real snooty to go Shake Shack. Shake Shack Leotard is the pl- clad Stepford wife. Shake Shack is the place that is at had time had like twenty million dollars in the bank, and they got one of the PPE loans. You know what I mean? They got ten, yes. 10 million dollars. Okay, and everybody here in St. Louis. Uh, I think the first one was in Central West End, and all the elite people. Oh my God! I the only burger I will touch is a Shake Shack burger. So I so Monday I go to lunch at the Shake Shack in Ladue, right there, 170 Ladue. Yes, I'm in Ladue. I go in. It's 11:45. I am the only person in the place. I'm it. I'm going like, what's going on? I thought this was like you know a popular place. You place your order at the counter. You don't get, they don't give you a cup. They give you a soda and you and you get one size soda and they fill behind. So in other words, no refills. They bring your food out to you. It was like 14 bucks for a wimpy little hamburger and some the French fries were good. The hamburger on a scale of one to 10 was like maybe a six. I sat there and ate my lunch for like 15 minutes. I was the only person in the place. I left at noon. I'm going like, okay. I'm at a Shake Shack. They're like, oh, my God, Shake Shack. Oh, they're so popular, blah, blah, blah. I was alone. And when I say this is not a small place inside, I would say this place place, place probably seats 100 people inside. Where is it? On 170 Ledoux. It's in the little shopping center which Schnooks is at. As a matter of fact, if you're coming north on 170, it's right. It's there's there's the way that sh- uh, shopping center is. There's like a U. There's if you go in the entrance, there's, store, there's stores on the right. There's like a strip center on the right. There's strip center on the left. And then dead ahead is Schnooks. So Schnooks is at a right angle to 170. If you're driving up 170, Schnooks, you drive right by the one side of Schnooks. It's like right up against 170. But, there used to be a Spicer's there. Yes, exactly. Well, it's across the parking lot from Spicer's. If you know where Spicer's was, it's on the other side. of, And it's on the side that is against 170. And it's on the furthest south end. So in other words, if you're driving up 170, if you look out your window, there's Shake Shack right there in the end. You can see the side of the building. Nobody in the and place. And Schnooks is one of the very few that um, can cut kosher. Yeah, I know. I eat kosher there all the time. You don't even know what that means. I do. I, you don't... What does it mean? Hey, I know the whole thing. Do you know what you means? Universal. Do you know what the circle K is? Do you know a funny thing about that? You know, we got to go. We, we'll talk about tomorrow. It's 6.48. You got you got five seconds to say goodbye. It's 6.59. I know. Say I got You got five seconds to say goodbye. Oh, bye, everybody. Have a great day. Peace and I fly. Seven. No, now eight o'clock. You're too late. Have you heard about Salt River Automotive? Not only are we open for business and ready to serve you, we are sponsors of the BS in the Morning Show on Westplex 107.1. Check us out on Facebook at Salt River Automotive, LLC. See you soon.